Welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves, episode 30 of season three. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I'm Paul LePage. And back in New York City is our main man producer, Mr. Alex Patakis. How's it going, Alex? It's going well. How are you guys? Nice break for everybody, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I, uh, Wolves didn't ruin a weekend for me, so we got that going for me, right? Paul, is it is it worse when Wolves go on a break like this um, after a loss because then we got to stew on it for two weeks? Or is it yeah, big okay because then we can just forget about the loss right away? It it takes longer to get over it because you're itching for that next game and then that weekend comes and you're like, oh, we can't even get over it this weekend. So it just starts to ease that Monday, Tuesday of this week, looking into the weekend, thinking, oh, we've got a game coming up because the, the internationals don't. Watching those doesn't make it easier. It makes it worse, in fact, just because you've got that reminder of football all the time. Yeah, and especially losing the way we did, um, losing the 4-2, which uh, uh, I'm sure you guys saw. We were scalded by the FA for apparently yelling at the referees. Um, whatever. Have they apologized yet, Alex? Have we gotten our third apology yet? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I, I swear, if I see that referee again head for a game, I'm just going to chalk it up as a loss. I'll put that on our little spreadsheet. <laughs> Josh, 2-0 loss. <laughs> so let's kind of look ahead, though. We're down the stretch, 10 matches to go. Paul, what's your feeling right now? Right now, it all points to, and I think this is the line that you'll get out of the club and Lapetegui, that it all points to the next game, and we're only going to look that one game ahead and, all of those uh, sound bites, which which are all fair, but I think when it comes to those games that we're gonna be be up against on Saturday, you could talk about must wins all you like, and the definition of that's been uh, been part of the topics on social media during this this break, but it is it generally is, and the the thing about it is that it's a must win because if you win those that you should be taking care of business over, then the season takes care of itself and you can you can wind it down pretty fairly, pretty comfortably. Miss out on these types of games, that's when it gets really hairy and really must win. And then you're having some must-winner games that against opponents that are really, really tough. Yeah, we've got some tough ones. I mean, obviously this weekend is Addict Nottingham Forest, which is only lost one game at home this year and that was their last contest um you know then looking a a little further down the schedule at brighton at manchester united have to close out at arsenal still have uh villa at home i mean there's a couple in there in, in crystal palace at home too but they could be getting the new manager bounce i don't know it's it is when you look at the remaining fixtures this is one that stands out of you can't drop points. Um, Alex, do you feel like this is must win as well? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's a must get something from. It's a must not lose. I guess that would be fair to say. I do think for the, the kind of tone for the remainder of the season, it's really pivotal because um, I don't know about you guys, but the, the more time I spend not watching Wolves, 
the more time I have to kind of just really think about like how real this relegation battle is and it gets pretty scary. And I think if we're hit with the reality of them getting nothing from forest and then with the next couple of games coming up that you guys had mentioned, um, you know, we could be right back down in it. And that, that, that kind of bounce they got after Lopetegui was named manager has certainly dissipated and you can feel people starting to kind of set into this uh, malaise of like, well, we're still not scoring goals. We were a little bit better defensively, but that started to slip. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it could be another tone shift and that the, the final stretch of the season after the final uh, international break will will be something more like the last one after the world cup but we'll see yeah i was thinking about it today i was like what are we gonna do if they are relegated paul are we like we doing the podcast every week with our championship breakdown i <laughs> i hope we don't have to consider this yeah i, I even saw someone retweeted about the efl rights and the potential for those games to go uh, global 3pm kickoffs on a Saturday I think it's Dazan do you call it the uh, D-A-Z-N they'd be in for it and broadcast it globally so it's it, it's scary just even looking at that type of article thinking shit we may be involved in this next year so it's it's been a it's been a long long time since you've had to worry about that and it just brings up all those bad horrible feelings back so paul you've been in this country now which congratulations mr us citizen paul lepage that's right God wow america yes very excited for our boy he uh he has given up his citizenship Actually, are you a dual citizen now, or when I get my new passport, I will be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, he has been cap tied to the U.S. now. I guess we could say. <laughs> been signed on a permanent deal. <laughs> <laughs> if Tim Reen can play, maybe there's like chance yeah, for me. <laughs> that is true. You are, man. You would be a, a force in the middle. I, I, honestly, you can't be worse than some of the U.S. center backs with how tall you are. um but yeah paul so now you've become more familiar with american sports do you think relegation could ever work in america for any of the american sports i think that there could be some element to it if if they all got more regionalized i think that's the big kicker that with the mls in particular even two conferences it's it's not really local by by any stretch even some of like the dynamos games like dallas is like the equivalent of driving to scotland for a game so it's kind of if if somehow that could be figured out um even if it was more conferences like the nfl um i do i just think it it does breed that extra competition though and that extra having something to play for and just getting not necessarily excitement, but put putting something on the line at the end of the day, all the way down to the last season and get rid of any tanking mentality. I think that's one that could be erased and, and be favorable for the sport. Um, 
I think it, personally, I think it would be might make it a lot more interesting. Yeah, I was going to bring up tanking. So for those listeners that aren't familiar with American sports or live in the UK and everything, so not only do American leagues not have relegation, but a lot of times if they're not good, they tank on purpose. They lose on purpose. In the NFL, if you have the worst record, you get the number one pick in the NFL draft the next year. Your second worst, number two, vice versa. It became so bad in some of these leagues, like NBA basketball, um, that they actually have a lottery. So if you're one of the three worst, is it four, four, one of the four worst records now, you have the same odds to get the number one pick because if there was going to be a really good basketball player coming out, everybody would be trying, they'd be sitting all their players, losing all their games. So pretty much the exact opposite of relegation. But Alex, I don't think relegation would work because I feel like it would bankrupt teams. I don't feel uh, there's so many fair weather fans in the U.S. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, it's funny you brought this up. I actually had this conversation uh, at a bar with a few friends when I was we were watching the NCAA tournament because we were talking about just the difference in quality between college basketball and the NBA. And whether or not, you know, there, there's enough good players to populate like two tiers worth of the NBA, for instance. And I just don't think there is. And that's the other thing. I mean, the quality drop off from the Premier League to the championship is obviously huge, but the championship's still very watchable. And I think if you put, you know, something that resembles college basketball, but it were branded as the NBA and they were professionals, I don't know that there would be an appetite for that brand you know um i don't know that they would be generating enough ticket revenue etc and i don't think you know it's not regionalized enough like paul said um where people would just support the team in their town because it's just kind of the fabric of you know who they are and what the town is you know for instance if uh you know the nets struggle enough to draw fans in in brooklyn um because if you're a new yorker you're a knicks fan right now imagine if there was also a Queens team and a Staten Island team, and they were also NBA teams. Like, I just don't see that they would stand a chance. Um, so it, yeah, it, I mean, it would be great to not have tanking because I do agree. I think there's nothing worse than that like late season NBA game where one team is tanking and then a good team is resting all its starters and the ticket price is full price, you know. Um, but I just don't see how you avoid that. And I also don't know what it would do with the draft structure because like imagine. When the Cavaliers tanked for LeBron, but they go down and then LeBron has to play in the second tier. But like he's so clearly good <laughs> enough to play on any NBA team, you know, like and he's not going to want to go there because he's like, no, no, no. I don't want to play in League Two. Screw this. Um, I never even so considered that. That's fascinating to think of. Yeah, there'd be. Oh, there'd be so many situations where they'd be trying to strong arm their way out. Oh, or like man. the top quarterback has to basically then like earn his way into the NFL by promoting the team that drafts him. It that would get really tricky. Um <laughs> dude, sometimes it feels like there's not um you know 30 good NFL teams, let alone if you tried to double it. Um I I'm sure Stu from the fan cast knows how uh that feeling since he's a Jets fan. God bless yeah. you, Stu. And I'm a Packers fan, so Stu uh 
let's get this done, huh? Let's just whatever it takes. Let's let's get out a table somewhere, transatlantic flight, and get this deal done. As a Bears, as a Bears fan, I wholeheartedly agree. Get that son of a bitch out. We're talking Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, of course. Uh, so yeah, I I think it would be interesting. There there are very few cities that can have two of a sporting team. I mean, L.A. has two of a lot of teams. Um, New York, Chicago has two baseball teams but they don't have two in the other sports so i just yeah i can't imagine just the owners as well wanting to invest in a team if it was relegated because you're going to be losing so much money so paul like do you ever consider like hey maybe soccer maybe the epl should go away from relegation or change the rules at all with it no you just you're gradually going down that uh, path of Super League and close shop then. So e- even if it was just some structure in England, that it's it's not tenable because you come back to, to that point about the fabric of society and that every one of these, even small towns, has got a team. And in theory, there's that opportunity that they can go all the way to the top of the pyramid. It's very rarely that it happens, but that's the dream. And I don't think that that would break the sport completely, I think, and would just turn it too sterile and too um, too vanilla and probably t- turn away the audience that they're trying to attract eventually. And I will say, as miserable as this relegation battle is, it's made every game for Wolves fans must watch because like, what would we be doing? We'd still be watching the games. We'd still be covering them. But for the most part, people would just be chalking it up to, okay, middle of the road season. Let's just like already looking towards next year. Like I'm sure Jao Gomez would be starting every game at this point. Um, So it does make it, I I don't know if exciting is the word, um ass clenching maybe alex do you think that's that's a bit it gives meaning to what yeah like you said would be otherwise meaningless games i mean you know and and for people of my generation of of wolves fandom and by that i mean really came along into my wolves fandom as they were winning the championship and got promoted this is uncharted territory so i don't want to sound look I do not want them getting relegated. Okay. Like I don't want to be buying an ESPN plus package to maybe get like a game every couple of weeks. Like I don't want that, but I am enjoying this to a degree. Like I would enjoy it more if they were safe, but it is kind of fun to be part of this scrap. If I could be armed with the knowledge that they're going to come out on the other side, which I thought I was actually after the world cup and after Lopetegui kind of provided that lift, but um not anymore. So, <laughs> and I know I, people are probably cringing. Like you never want to be involved anywhere near the relegation battle, especially this late in the season. But I will say um, it is, you know, it's providing a, a bit of spice to what has been otherwise a very, very bland season. If you combine the Lodge era um, with what we've had the past couple of weeks. Man, the Lodge era feels like three years ago. This season has really been long. I, I, I don't know if it's because of the World Cup break or because of, you know, just the results, but it's felt like a really long year. Yeah. I, I, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. 
but also like I, I guess just to compare it to American sports too, Josh. Like we were going back to this. I'm very much looking forward to an eight win season with Jordan Love feeling like a success with the Packers rather than an eight win season with Aaron Rodgers feeling like a complete failure. You know, like I like to kind of see these things happen. Like it, Wolves are not going to win the Premier League this year. They're not going to qualify for Europe. So at, at least we can like feel good like they won something, but they could only do that if there's a real danger there to begin with. So um, I'm uh, I'm kind of enjoying like having our feet to the flame a little bit, but I just hope we don't get burned. Yay. We won not being one of the bottom three teams. (laughs) Now see, I feel like if you just explain that to Americans, that would totally feed into the participation trophy culture that people are thinking. (laughs) We're so not used to it um, at all, which is, uh, yeah, it's just not part of our makeup. <laughs> so, Paul, what are you expecting from the Lopetegui-led Wolves these last 10 games? I mean, kind of, we're still only a few weeks away from when they beat Spurs 1-0. You know, we we have arguments over the last two games that, you know, we are kind of hosed, but what's your feeling? It's still really up in the air, which is disappointing after all of this time now because you are thinking he's had plenty of time now shouldn't be any growing pains new regime should have his team down he should know his best performers I really thought he'd cracked it by being able to beat those teams below us those those poorer teams those that should come to to Molyneux and we should guarantee three points now it just doesn't I, I fear home games more than going away. I just feel like the pressure's off us a little going away from home and we can set up a little bit more defensively and get them on the counter-attack a little more. Um, And we look a better side. So is that a combination of, yeah, we think that he's been here a while and it seems like he's had like that mini pre-season break between the World Cup, but is it still a case that all of these changes went on mid-season and, and that stuff still has to figure itself out? Some days it's been great, like Spurs or Liverpool. The Leeds and the Bournemouth have been dreadful and worse than large. So the the happy clapper in me, the, the half-glass full, tends to lean on the fact that, OK, you're given the benefit of the doubt, seems that we, we've got this inconsistency based on so much relative like a lot of turnover in the in the winter window in terms of new players coming in and trying to get settled but that just breeds into us being consistently inconsistent which i I wish we'd iron out alex what do you think we're looking at as a defensive or just as a formation for this game and maybe the rest of the year are we going to see three in the back make its return is Lopetegui going to still try and stick to four in the back? I, I, I hope it is still four at the back. And I say that only because I still think that this team was under Lodge, slowly being remodeled into a team that can play four at the back, had to unlearn some habits, and now to go back to it. I, I still believe maybe like save for a few minute spurts here and there that every time they shift to a back three and granted, I know it's usually in the middle of a game, so maybe it's not fair to judge it, 
that they look significantly worse and less cohesive as a defensive unit. And 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 I just think that you know you bought Dawson, you brought Dawson in for a reason. You you have kind of transit, you know, remade your midfield for a reason. Um, and that reason was to get away from the reliance on the back three. So um I hope they kind of stick with that Dawson Kilman combination in the back and keep giving them a chance. Um and and it's been really hard without Hugo Bueno, but it ain't nor he has to play. <laughs> like Unless Bueno is healthy, I think I saw he might have been in training, maybe in a limited capacity. I I, I can't remember right this second, but whatever it is, um, I think you got to roll the dice and 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 play Nori back there and 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 try to go forward with this system. Paul, what would you like to see from here on out? More of a defensive system, more geared toward offense, or do we just need to be plain old up the middle? It's a little catch-22, isn't it? I think that there's one side of me that would go defensive and try and get those 1-0 wins back against the wall solid defensively. But then the other side talks to Alex's points and about investing in that back four. And the, the amount of talent that we've got in these attacking positions, and they're all impotent when it comes to goal scoring. To, to to a man pretty much and across the whole of the season so if somehow you could switch that switch it on and even if it might not be the case of playing those three in a 4-2-3-1 and having a, a, an attacking threat that way even just a, an, an extra body to support that central striker that number 10 play between the lines roles Seems like we've got enough opportunities for that. Um, but it, it is a case what what formation does he want to do and, and how can he bet how can he get the best out of that offensively? Because we probably have hit a peak of what we can do defensively, and that the these are the only players that we've got and we're hit by injuries. So it may be a case that we we've got to go out there and win by one goal and it doesn't matter if it's a 5-4 we just got to try and score and win some games by being on the front foot offensively well for this week we don't have a Nottingham Forest fan I don't even I've never met one have you met one in the wild Alex no I haven't (laughs) um don't particularly care to after some of the scuffles (laughs) this year (laughs) <laughs> as long as they don't have the same teeth as their manager. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Anyways, because of that, we got a little extra time. So I just decided we're going to play some over under. You guys ready? Ooh. All right. Ooh. Uh, Paul, I'll, st- I'll start off with you. Looks like Adama probably heading towards Italy at the end of the year. Over under four and a half in games that he starts for the rest of the season for Wolves in the final 10 games. And under, I could see him starting maybe three. I think three is a good number. Alex? Yeah, I go under. Uh, Neto getting healthier, hopefully more informed. Sarabia had the twins. Congrats. He needs to be in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Wang back as well. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. Adama off the bench. It's always been the way. Over under one and a half, 
Potence being left off the squad entirely. I'm taking that. I could see. I, I could see if Ad- if Adama's impacted that much starting, then that's automatically an attacking place on the bench taken up. So, yeah, I, I could I could see that again with those players coming back. Alex, I'll go under. Um, I still want him on the bench, even though I don't particularly rate him very highly. But, um. I think they need as many creative players as possible. So I think he'll be at least on the bench for most of the remainder of the season. This may be wishful thinking, but over under Raul goals rest of the year, one and a half. I almost set that at a half, <laughs> but we'll say one and a half. I'm, I'm going over. And just like the the happy clapper positive in me is that I just want one to go in off his backside and then suddenly he gets a couple more and he may not achieve in a penalty as well. So we haven't had a penalty in what seems like forever. So it's like, well, if he's starting, does he step up and automatically take it? That could be the catalyst, you know, and suddenly that penalty one turns into two in that game and he goes on a little bit of a run. So I'm channeling my positivity into Raul hitting a little form and dragging us out of relegation trouble. Alex? I think I'm going under here. I would love for him to get one. And I feel like that's going to be a swan song. It's going to be celebrated. I hope it's at Molyneux. Um, I just don't see them getting much from him the remainder of this year. We've been waiting all year, and it's just it's just not happening. Yeah, like I said, I almost said it at a half because I think I think one's a good number there. Over under, out of the last ten games, three and a half clean sheets. Paul, um, over slightly, I'd go for. Okay. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. We're hungry. We need those lunches. Let's go. (laughs) Come on. Morale is down. I'm sure the media out there is hoping for it too. They want some more pizza. Yeah. I mean, they still have Leicester. I feel like, you know, they they have a, a few games. Everton, I know everybody's fighting for something at this point, but on their day, if they can get an early goal, I, I, I feel like they can grind a couple games out one now. Over under Pedro Neto goals 0.5. Over slightly. I could see him getting one. Mm-hmm. Again, if they suddenly turn more offensively and have to go for it a few on a few occasions, I could see him contributing. And again, you'd hope it's that kickstarting to getting him back to some type of form as well. Alex? Yeah, I go over. I think he gets one. Also, can we all agree that of all the players on the team, Neto would probably be the one that would hurt himself celebrating? Seems like about it, right? Maybe Potence, maybe, but I feel like Neto's got the little bit of a streak in him. Um, Over, under, two and a half, Jao Gomez starts the rest of the year. And uh, I think maybe the Leeds 
lineup didn't do him any favors in terms of that that combination of midfielders that he started with. The only caveat to that is if Neves picks up that booking. That's true. Well, I mean, is does it reset after this game? I can't. I thought he had more. I thought he had a lot. It's not necessarily the game. I think it's the time of the month. So it may be like the middle of April. So, <laughs> Alex, what's your over under on Gomez? Uh, I will go under. Um, yeah. And and I think that's Lamina is an automatic start. And and also say what you want about them. They're still trying to figure it out. They really need to figure out what Matthias's future is at this club. And you've got ten games to do that before you go into a summer where you may have to start thinking about recuperating some of that money. So. Um, Zhao, I think, could be on the back burner for now. Over under 49 and a half million pounds Neves selling price this summer, Paul. What was it? 49? Actually, I'm going to say 50 and a half. 50 and a half over under. Uh, under. Under. And uh, I think you're playing a little with him going into the last year of his contract. If he was a striker, that would kind of factor into it. He's, I don't think his, his position does him any favours in that situation. Um, and I've got a feeling there may be some type of Mendes favour in there for someone that eventually comes back to benefit us. So uh, I could see it probably between... I think probably 40 at the very most. Alex? Yeah. I, sadly, I go under as well. Feels like a low price for a player that means so much to Wolves, but in the grand scheme of things and the price that other players are going for who are at clubs that are doing more, I think, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be higher than that. And also, like, even if it were and he goes to Barca, are you ever seeing that money to begin with? It feels like Monopoly money when they spend it. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe they give it to you in um what Spotify um subscriptions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um Paul over under three and a half uh times Lopetegi wears a turtleneck sweater during the game from here on out. Because the weather's getting warmer. Weather's getting warmer, but we're talking England here and you can get some proper cold April showers as well. So I think you're going you're gonna to have a good chance of seeing it into maybe the start of May because he could even lose any type of jacket and just go with the polo and be the, just go with the turtleneck and be, be covered. So I'm going to go over on that. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go over too. Uh, and I think the importance of the match, I think – may play into how well he dresses you ever see like there's some managers who will dress like impeccably for champions league nights and then at the weekend they're like you know yes, just in the track suit um we got some big ones man so he's he's got to rise to the occasion as well over under 0.5 straight red cards issued to wolves oh, it'd be nice to say under just because it <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> if, if, and thinking about it you just this is one of the things that you just hope and there's some 
that that discipline isn't an issue that we've become that team that's not that that give gives up a red card too easily i'd hate for that to happen i'd have thought lopetegui'd be more drilling that discipline into them um so yeah let, let's go under just in terms of crossing fingers and hoping for the best alex over you know who's due for sending off jose saw i could see <laughs> this one coming i don't know why i just i i'm having visions of him, him like kai Havertz or something in two weeks like being like you know <laughs> like threw on goal as jose saw comes flying out and just completely wipes him out like that he's due he's due I feel we're due one by Raul, unfortunately, as well. And that may not be a straight red. That may be a double yellow, but I don't know. I hope not, because, Lord, I don't know what we would do at that point. But, um, okay, final question then. Um, wins. Well, actually, no, we'll say points here. Let's see. Over, under... 11 and a half points in the year, Paul. Yeah. Uh, over. We'll, we'll get four wins, scrape a couple of draws, and be pretty comfortable. Four wins. You heard it from Paul. Alex? Ah, it's a good, first off, you're a great odds maker because um, these have all been kind of tough. And what did you I've say? just been making it up half? on the fly too. <laughs> Eleven and a half puts them at thirty-nine points. Uh, I believe if you go over, which is one point away from theoretical safety, so we're really on the on the borderline. Um, I think I'm going to remain optimistic. Give Lopetegui the benefit of the doubt. An international break. Get some more pieces and you know in in the right places. A little healthier. I'm I'm going over, but just. Yeah, I think if they do, it'll be twelve, like on the on the nose. I like Paul. I like Paul's thing of, you know, four wins and some draws sprinkled in there. But I don't know. I don't know. A little dicey. Um. So looking at nine and fours now. By the way, I don't know who won. You know, whatever. Everybody's winners. Paul's a winner for being a U.S. citizen. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so looking to Nottingham now, Paul, who do you expect in the starting lineup? Again, uh, I don't expect I'm I'm struggling to predict that lineup, which is either a blessing or a curse. That again, after this time, you, you'd like him to have have a pretty clear idea that if, if everyone's fit what the starting lineup's going to be so it would be good to to have a better idea maybe closer to saturday in terms of the squad and how far away some of the players like bueno and, and wangar um but again i think it's one one of these i think it's one of those games where he's got to set up not out and out offensively, but like Fulham. And I think if he takes it to him, like we did in the first half versus Fulham, scores first and then takes that opportunity to get a second, in like ideally in the first half, a couple of minutes before the break even, 
you you'd go on and close that game out and win it pretty comfortably i think so i however it comes out i think he's got to line up with that type of team and take that type of mentality into it what about you alex do you think we'll see any type of surprises in the lineup um no uh i don't think so um and i kind of hope not i i i really think that what what and maybe it is a surprise because he hasn't really been a consistent starter but i i think i would be pleased to see cunha starting in some form and i wouldn't hate it if he was starting along with raul i know this is something that we have talked about but um i would like them to you know show some willingness to let cunha play with another you know central forward and try to go get this thing because while he hasn't been great, he, along with Saravia, um, I think are their two most creative players. And we're kind of at that point again. I don't know about you guys. Even though they have done it under Lopetegui once or maybe twice, actually. But when they concede first, you can kind of feel things start to drop. I know they had some comeback victories. They had the one at Everton. Um, and he's he's shown an ability to change at half, but I would love, like Paul said, to see them come out the aggressor and score early and be able to control a game um, rather than chase one. Cause I, I just don't think the mentality is there right now to, to, to be doing that. And not to mention the calls that go against them. I also think that's a huge problem. Like when that happens and they start to kind of lose their cool, they obviously play worse. Like I, I they need to be under control, you know, both with, with the scoreboard and with the the way the game is being officiated. Enjoying Whole lot of Wolves? Whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening, don't forget to rate and review the show so that we can make sure to continue to grow the pack. Thanks for listening, and up the mighty wolves. All right, guys, let's look at prediction time. Uh, we have no guests this week, which means we can actually gain on the top of the table because uh, our guest spot has a big 27 points. I'm in second with 22. Alex, you have 18. And Paul, you're in relegation form at 17. Let's start with you, Alex. Oh, I don't want to do this, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say 1-1. Painful 1-1. It's a hard place to go and win. It really is. Yeah. They, they, they've proven that. Um, so It's apparently yeah. a hard place to get a dentist, too. <laughs> yeah man that's painful hopefully the less camera shots of him this week the better Paul what's yours I'm, I'm just gonna hopefully they take some impetus from getting shafted in the cup and all of the melee that went after it they get that early goal and they, they get another one either just before or straight after half time and see it out as a 2-0 win 2-0. 2-0 is also uh, what Paul did last week. It was not 2-0 in that game. So, Yeah, don't follow any of mine if you are <laughs> laying money on it, listeners. Uh, I'm taking Wolves 1-0. I think it's going to be close. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, it's a lunch week, guys. I think, you know, Kilman's run out of food at his house, so I think he needs a little bit more. <laughs> 
Um, there was one question before we get to no stupid questions. Alex had put something on the notes, which made me smile. Well, kind of smile. Said last week, Fabio Silva stated if it were up to him, he would stay at PSV for another season because it's good for his development. This is what made me smile. Is Josh appearing to be more and more correct about his Fabio won't play for the Wolves again take? Paul? I think the, this was one of those scenarios that you looked at the division we'd be playing in and everyone was saying, yeah, Fabio would definitely be back yet. He's doing really well at PSV. He play in Europe, and they're in they're in a decent league. So, does that throw a complete spanner into the works as well? That if we do go down, he's one of the players that you won't see again because they're just trying to keep him out on loan to put him in the shop window better. So, um, I, I think it, it's a it's a tricky one. I could see that obviously happening if if the worst happens. I could see him staying out for another year because I genuinely think they, they'd be worried about this happening again. And especially if, well, especially if Raul leaves and they can't figure out where the goals are going to come from. That's looking like it's not going to come from Cunha, even though they spent all that money on him and said that he was the first choice and it's going to be playing in that number nine role. So, Unless that's fixed somehow, I I can't see him seeing them think that Silver's the the best opportunity to get those get those goals. Alex, I'm guessing by the way you wrote the question that you're starting to come <laughs> on board with me. Uh, I did say I, I, did say more correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more and more correct. More, yeah, more and more because at first I thought it was kind of like hot, a hot take. I was like, no way, come on. And now it's just like just a take. And I'm like, wait, soon this is actually going to be a very realistic take, uh, which is worrying me a little bit. I think if I had to bet on it right now, I would still say I think he does end up playing for them again. But um, he's clearly loving life. Uh, in the Dutch league, he's got this partnership with Xavi Simmons, who's a great young player. And if Wolves go down and you're him, like, yeah, no chance. I mean, he'll, he'll probably be playing some form of European football, whether it's Europa or maybe the conference league there, um, which he seems to enjoy. Uh, I don't want to think about this because it's just, yeah, it, it brings me to a really dark place, you know, if they go down and and they have to sell them off for like, you know, next to, you know, no, nowhere near what they paid for him. And then we never even get the chance to see him kind of blossom into this, uh, the golden boy he was supposed to be. But um, we're kind of caught in between because if we do stay up and they don't spend big on another striker, you could ask yourself, like, is he good enough at present to be better than Cunha? Is he good enough at present to be better than any other striker that they've had? I exactly. Probably big sassy like uh, he may be their best option but i don't know that it's still a good option for a team that might be looking at another scrap like this next year because they're going to be losing so many players like the likes of nevis and maybe you know uh mateus etc so he he's just like he's not quite good enough to lead them now but he's too good to just be there when they're like in the total doldrums you know it just kind of stinks we're caught in between now Paul, you grew up. You grew up in Wolverhampton. Uh, which city do you think has the better looking ladies, Wolverhampton or 
uh, Eidenhoven. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally up to speed on the the looks of those Dutch ladies. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Eindhoven is in terms of uh, socio-economic climate either. If it's an industrial town where those big ladies are like hauling uh, hauling produce or working in the factories or something like that, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give the ladies of Wolverhampton. Uh, I'll give them that one. Yeah. It is known as a technology and design hub. The birthplace okay. of Philips Electronics. Got so it you. could be hot, rich girls that Fabio is checking out there. He's going to find himself a daughter of like a tech giant or something and then just settle in life there. Oh, man. Never see him again. <laughs> uh, it was the ladies that got that took him away from Wolverhampton. All right, Alex, I feel like that's a good lead in to no stupid questions. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, no stupid questions is the part of the show where uh, you guys, um, the listeners, get to uh, to ask us anything related to this club or sometimes not even quite related to this club. Most um, of the so time. We'll start... <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time not. Uh, so we'll start with uh, some submissions on Twitter first uh, from Stu uh, from the Wolves Fancast who already spoke about his Jets uh, pursuing Aaron Rodgers earlier. This has nothing to do with that. But he says, considering we had this weird mix of afternoon karaoke slash disco and the England game on Sunday with the song in question being better than God Save the King. Uh, let me just add that this this came with a video, um, which we obviously can't show in audio format. But, um, you know, disco, karaoke, while the anthem is playing, um for that match so he says what song would you choose to replace the star spangled banner if you had to i'm really excited to see what paul says about this <laughs> i think Josh recent american well. citizen paul yeah this this is this is your first real test as a citizen now mine mine was taken in there but it's got to be uh, what Danny said, uh, Hulk Hogan's real American, just because that's synonymous worldwide with everything, every stereotype you could possibly say. <laughs> so cheesy, uh, red, white, and blue, long blonde mullet type hair, balding. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that can't be beaten for sure. Uh, I beg to differ. My choice is Miley Cyrus's party in the USA. There we go. Gotta get everybody dancing during the national anthem. I mean, what can hype you up then? Not in your head like yeah, moving your <laughs> hips like yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I mean that is a that is a catchy one. It's hard to beat that. So Josh is hopping out the uh, plane at LAX with a dream and a cardigan. Um, that's you. Um, all right. Mine's a little on the nose. Um, but I do think it's just something that, you know, you play this in a stadium, you're immediately going to get some buy-in from people. I'll go with Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA and I got nothing against Bruce. It's not going to get political. It's also not too poppy. Like everyone can respect a legend like Bruce. So I, I, I feel like, uh, I think that that's a, that's a decent shout. 
we got somebody here that's now a new American citizen that was born in England, and you're going to just born in the USA. I love the boss, but. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The sta- I, when when it shows no the Statue of Liberty crying while he's playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I just wanted to add, we did get other submissions. Um, as uh, as Paul mentioned, that uh, Danny from Baltimore Wolves uh, tweeted in. Um, as a bonus banger, in addition to the Hulk Hogan theme song, he said Cindy Lauper's Time After Time. Not sure how you guys feel about that one. And uh, our friend uh, Todd DeWitt, who's a frequent guest here, also said, This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. So other people hopping on the No Stupid Question train uh, from Stu's question as well. I, um, I think I, I'd like to see some more answers to this. So maybe we can throw this on Twitter because I'd be curious. Some of our some of our listeners are pretty creative. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, okay. Uh, moving on, the Wolves Women podcast tweets, what's better than beating the stripey one six times on the bounce? Now, I have to admit, I am not that confident, but I believe this means the stripey ones are West Brom, right, Paul? Right, yeah. Okay, I saw that they beat them earlier in March, three to one. I did not realize it was uh, the sixth time in a row. Um, and I will raise my hand and say, I know that we call them other things with an S, but I did not know the stripey ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's more, that the, more the, uh, the more the politically correct version that the, they, they could sometimes be known as. Since yeah, when are you English happens. people worried about it politically correct? <laughs> it happens. Um, all right. So um, let's go to uh, Leah Thomas from uh, Houston Wolves, of course, who hosted... Um, that party you guys had a couple weeks ago. Um, she says, big tall coach over here told me that wolves need to play to win and not play not to lose. What are your favorite coach sayings? You know, being an old sports writer, I heard so many old coach sayings. One of my least favorite was when the coach should be like, we didn't lose. We ran out of time. Oh, God. you yeah. lost. It's a time <laughs> sport. That's the way it goes. <laughs> it's the way it works. My personal favorite, uh, well, I have two. One of them is, uh, and this was both by the ninth grade football coach when I was in high school. Um, I did stats for him, and he just was a really brash guy and would run up the score on people, and coaches would come over, oh, you didn't have to throw a flea ficker up 50, and he'd go, well, uh, if you don't like it, stop me. So that's always one of my favorites. If you don't like it, stop it. And then uh, I also enjoyed it's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's, which I think is mm-hmm. very fitting for this year's Wolves. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Do you have any uh, favorite coach uh, coach speak? It's, it's not really coach speak. It's more cliche. And there's a great Twitter handle. It's called Brian's Gun which is a play on words from the, a really old Norwich keeper called Brian Gunn, who, who was like synonymous with playing for Norwich in the 80s. And it's always a compilation of cliches, like he's got a wand of a left foot and it's every different manager saying that cliche or it's a game of two halves or he's, he's a Rolls Royce of a player and that Rolls Royce just fits <laughs> in with Joe Moutinho. So um, 
I I go for more, more of the cliches than anything. And it's funny when you get the same coach saying that same cliche over and over, kind of like new known these solutions. You know what, what, what's funny between English sayings though, and us sayings, there's one that has taken me a while to get used to, and that is unplayable. When you say somebody is unplayable in the U S that means they are dog shit. You cannot play them. You say it in the UK means you can't stop them. Whereas yeah. over here we'd say unstoppable. So early on when they were saying, "Oh, Adama's unplayable," I was like, "Unplayable? Oh, you can't stop him." Okay. Though there are many who would argue that Adama is unplayable in the American sense, so <laughs> it, that made it probably even trickier to adjust to. Um, can we? Can we yeah. also say the best coach line ever? was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach back in, uh, I think it was the early 80s, when somebody asked him, uh, what did you think of uh, your offenses and your defense's execution? And he said, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but that's great. <laughs> that's really good. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, by the way, good questions this week on those stupid questions. My, my high school football, American football coach, uh, which is, this is probably terrible because it's basically encouraging people to play through injury, but anytime someone would get hurt, he would just run around screaming, can't make the club in the tub. Can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> um, so yeah, there was, uh, there was always that. And I've heard that repeated. And then he also used to always say, um, if you're scared, go to church, which I don't even know what that came from, but he was so from the South somewhere, played college football at a very high level. He actually went on to coach at a high level as well, but he used to just run around screaming things like that. And I'd be like, what the heck are you talking about? How many times did you end up in the tub, Alex? Not that many, but that's because I was not a very physical player. Let's just uh, put it that way. Uh, didn't love contact. You were contact. the shifty receiver? I was a slot receiver. Our best, my best friend in the, uh, in the world was our quarterback. So I was like eight yards over the middle, get down before you get crushed. Um, and that was, that was pretty much my role. So um, thankfully not many times. Uh, so anyway, uh, but yes, uh, thank you everybody. We love no stupid questions. Um, we love when you take us off on these little tangents, uh, you can tweet them at us each week. We prop before them before we get set to record on Twitter at WLW pod is the show's handle where you could uh, get at us. And also you could email us hello at whole lot of wolves.com. That is where we bring this week's show to an end. Fine listeners. We'll be back next start next week. We're going to go through the X's and O's of everything of what happens at the city ground on Saturday and then see if anyone can get out of the tub to face Chelsea at home <laughs> the following week on April the 8th, which is Easter weekend. So let's hope those three points come towards us on Saturday. And in the meantime, everybody up the mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> Whole Lot of Wolves is self-funded, so if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities as a way to reach a niche audience, email hello at wholelotofwolves.com for our sponsor packages. Just want to make a contribution as a listener who enjoys the show? Then head to buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. That's buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. We greatly appreciate any contribution.
Up the Wolves.